Good afternoon. Welcome to the Long Live the First Amendment and Free Speech Podcast. Free Press Media Press Inc. sponsors this podcast. I'm Andrew Bichard. Today I read Atlanta Ordinance Section 7.105 Disorderly Conduct Prohibited. Friends, today we're going to Atlanta. Atlanta? Atlanta? I thought this was a Texas Obscenity Law podcast. Friends, we're not going to Atlanta, Georgia. We're going to Atlanta, Texas. I have never heard of Atlanta, Texas before. I would imagine it's not the same size as Atlanta, Georgia. I haven't seen the population figures, but I would assume it's not the same size. Texas seems to have a lot of small towns, and this is probably one of them. So, friends... If you've been to Atlanta, Texas and Atlanta, Georgia, let me know how the two compare to each other. Especially as it pertains to obscenity law. Atlanta, Texas may not be the size of Atlanta, Georgia, but they do feel inclined to create obscenity law. Section 7.105 is called Disorderly Conduct Prohibited. This city has some great ideas for laws. For example, the section above is called Damage a City Property Prohibited. If you were thinking it was legal to damage city property in Atlanta, Texas, you have another thing coming. They also have a noise ordinance. They get very specific here in the noise ordinance. So let me read to you Section 7.105, Disorderly Conduct Prohibited, A. They do have a Section B of this law that pertains to fighting. We are not concerned with fighting. This is not a fighting law podcast. When fighting overlaps with disorderly conduct, we may be interested. The problem is, because the fighting is involved, the disorderly conduct, the obscenity, the swearing the profane language, that type of thing, is cast to the wayside because the fighting takes center stage. So let's focus on Section A. It says, quote, It shall be unlawful for any person to use abusive, indecent, profane, or vulgar language within any city property, facility, easement, and or right away, which by its utterance tends to incite an immediate breach of peace, end quote. Again, this is another disorderly conduct law that a city makes when the state has their own disorderly conduct law. I have wondered on other podcasts why they do this. I do have a possibility in my mind. I'm wondering if when a city does this, that gives them the right to charge disorderly conduct as a city-level ordinance violation as opposed to a misdemeanor state disorderly conduct violation. An ordinance violation is less strict. Friends, I know disorderly conduct firsthand. I had a trial about that, a First Amendment trial, which we discussed in one of our early podcasts. Because I read Nolo's book, 
how to defend yourself in court and their criminal law handbook, I knew how to handle it. So I pled not guilty the first time around. And that gave me leverage. And that gave me bargaining power because they were initially charging me with a misdemeanor level offense, which would have been serious. I would have had a criminal record for... They alleged I called someone a fetal alcohol baby. So imagine, even if I did that, that would be my fate. So because I demanded a jury trial, the judge did not want to do a jury trial. So he said, we're going to take this down to an ordinance level violation and have a judge trial. So I agreed. Unfortunately, I didn't even have to face the disorderly conduct ordinance level. Therefore, folks, that's why I'm thinking they made this law because it gives them more ability to charge things. For some small offenses, it might be easier to get a conviction under an ordinance level rather than a state misdemeanor level. And maybe it also gives the city a revenue stream, an additional revenue stream. If the fines are paid only for misdemeanor level offenses, then they could have an additional revenue stream for the ordinance level offenses. I also like to point out this law says within any city, property, facility, easement, and or right of way, which is more specific than the state statute, which we discussed on a podcast of ours, one of our other earlier podcasts. So it makes me wonder if you commit abusive, indecent, profane, or vulgar language in a place that's not city property, facility, easement, and or right away, are you in the clear? I doubt it. Another NOLO book, Legal Research, How to Find and Understand the Law, implores the legal researcher, such as us, to interpret a law in a way that does not lead to absurdity, in a way that makes sense. So that's what we're going to do here. We're going to assume that even though they listed those four things, if you use abusive language in somewhere else, you're still going to face this potential punishment. So friends, have you ever visited Atlanta, Texas and used abusive, indecent, profane, or vulgar language? I swear sometimes, so it's entirely possible if I ever visited Atlanta, Texas, I would utter abusive, indecent, profane, or vulgar language. Hopefully, the city wouldn't go after me, as, of course, people do this type of thing day in and day out without any ramifications. Most people I know swear. So should we all be charged? That would clog the courts. In Atlanta, Texas. If you've been to Atlanta, Georgia and you've done this, that's outside the scope of this podcast. Because Georgia law is another animal altogether. We here are concerned with Texas obscenity law. So friends, how will you advance the First Amendment, freedom of speech, and third party today? Long live the First Amendment and free speech. Goodbye.